0: Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Adil Amarsi Unplugged. Now, I'm very glad that we're actually doing this episode in particular because it's quite a special episode for me. Because we have a friend of mine that I've not spoken to in a very, very long time on the call with us. None other than the legend himself, Bob Berg. Now, if you've not actually heard of Bob Berg, well, where have you been hiding under a rock from? Because this man actually wrote one of the best books on referrals and marketing and actually getting people to know like know like and trust you uh the go-giver and also surprisingly sponsored by the show this episode is sponsored by the dot forward slash t g g dash b u r g now links will be in the description below and also sponsored as always by marcycom bob it is my absolute pleasure to welcome you on the show
1: hey thank you Adel. it's just so great to be with you thanks for having me
0: oh welcome thank you for actually agreeing to take uh well, take time to actually do the show. I know we had a little bit of a logistical problem a <laughs> couple of times, which were my fault. I apologize for that. Not but um, just to give everyone here just a quick snapshot of, um, well, I'll give you guys a quick overview of just some of the stuff that I know about Bob, and I'll give you uh, my personal snapshot. Can, can we do that? Is that okay, Bob?
1: Absolutely. Hey, I'm just uh, here following your lead, my friend, so you do whatever you'd like. Cool. So, but as I mentioned, Bob actually wrote the book, The Go-Giver. Now, this book's absolutely amazing. It's
0: great for anyone that's in sales, marketing, influence, referrals. This guy is a genius when it comes to this kind of work. So, the official is that he, co- he authored The Go-Giver, co-authored with uh, John David Mann. It's sold over a half a million copies and it's been translated to 21 languages. Uh, it's been reissued, republished, and the Huffington, Huffington Post founder, Ariana Huffington, loves it because she would. Who doesn't? Uh, he's also an animal fanatic and serves on the board of trustees of the furry friends adoption clinic in his hometown of jupiter florida now that's the official version my personal version is i got in touch with bob i think it was 18 years old so is nine years ago i got in touch with bob and um on facebook and this is like in the heyday where you can find anyone just like add them bob was gracious gracious enough to accept me uh we got into huge conversations over the years he reviewed if i remember correctly bob reviewed you did go ahead and review one of my earliest info products I created and gave me some pointers on how to write better, which was amazing at the time. Um, surprisingly, a lot of your work went ahead and influenced my work because, wow. uh, as, as a lot of people may or may not know, I don't actually have a sales page for my services because I don't actually go out and pitch to everyone. Um, only my clients refer me. So if you've not got a referral um, from a previous client of mine, I won't hire you. I won't take you on as a client. Um, because i want you to know what you're getting into and i learned the idea of this from watching you and seeing what your work did and it was absolutely amazing so for anyone that's in business sales or influence go look at bob's work you will literally i kid you not you will you you'll be astounded and by the end of this interview though it be it may be a little bit shorter than uh i'd, I'd usually like it to be um you'd get a little bit of a feeling of what Bob's like and why I, you know, I just love this guy's work and him as a person.
1: So yeah, Bob, over to you. That is, that is, that is very nice. I can't tell you how much that touches me. Thank you so much. It means a lot to me.
0: You're very welcome. I know, like it's, um, well, you did influence me and believe it or not, at times when I wanted to quit, you and a few other people like Tony Robbins and a few others were kind of the guiding light for me to come back and uh, not quit on my business journey because it just like, Going through a down period, it's fine. You'll get referrals. Keep going. But
1: mm-hmm.
0: that being said, how did you get involved with the um, trustees of fairy friends adoption and clinic down in Jupiter?
1: Oh, well, I've always been a big animal lover, big animal fanatic. Grew up with dogs and, and uh, I love all animals. So, uh, you know, I'm, i am I... Make no bones about the the fact. I, I know it's politically incorrect to say this, but I love animals more than I love people. And don't get me wrong, I love people, but I really love animals. So that's that's a big statement considering how much I know he loves people. <laughs> so uh, so it, no, it was so it was just very natural to uh, you know to align with uh, furry friends. That who uh, you know they they just do such a fantastic job with animal rescue down here and taking care of the animals and and so forth. So it's it's an honor to even be affiliated with them.
0: That's amazing. So really, to kind of go back on the book here because this book's been around for some time now. I think every single great in every field I've worked in or mentored personally or whatever it is in every single way, we always look through their book collection. We always find the go giver in them
1: oh thank and
0: you it, it's an amazing like find I mean it's one of the, it's one of the talking points um, I think uh, my friend Carissa Hill had you on her show recently
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Um, Carissa is a client and one of the people we've had on the show as well and at the end of the show she's like oh no I really love Bob Berg's work I was like well I'll introduce <laughs> you to him if I'm still friends with him on Facebook she's she like oh my god that'd be amazing and it's that excitement you see that you realize how inspirational your work is so my question is how did you come up with a Go-Giver
1: well, years ago, my first book and you mentioned referrals earlier, my my first book which was written in the uh, early 90s was uh, called Endless Referrals and the subtitle was Network Your Everyday Contacts into Sales. And it was really a book, it was a how-to book for people who uh, you know they love what they they did and they 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 love the value they could provide to others, but they weren't necessarily comfortable in the selling process or even the relationship development process. And as you know, it is about relationships and, uh, and it's difficult to do a lot of business if you don't have relationships with people, both directly and those who want to refer you to others. So it was a, it was a a, a very standard how-to book. And, um, through the year, throughout the years, though, I've always enjoyed reading parables. You know, I love the fact that with a story, you can you can make such a, a powerful connection with someone and i enjoyed reading parables from uh, uh ogmandino's greatest salesman in the world to classen's richest man in babylon and uh, Chilson's The uh, the Wealthy Barber, and then you had in the, the late 90s, excuse me, late 70s, early 80s, you had the uh, One Minute series from doctors Ken Blanchard and Spencer Johnson, and they had a whole series, One Minute Salesperson, One Minute Apology, One Minute this. And uh, there were all these others uh, throughout the 80s and 90s, great, great business parables. And I, I always learned something significant from each and every one and thought, wouldn't it be great if we could take the core – Message of endless referrals, which was basically that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. Uh, if we could take that message and put it into a, a business parable. Now, the, so the question I asked myself is okay, so what's the essence of the know, like, and trust? How do you be- when it all comes right down to it? How do you develop? Those no like and trust business uh, relationships. And it always came down to giving, specifically giving value, giving value to everyone you meet on a constant, consistent basis. And so uh, I came up with the idea, the name of the book, The Go Giver. And uh, but I asked my great friend, John David Mann, who is a fantastic writer and storyteller, I asked for him to be the lead writer and storyteller. He's He's just amazing I'm a how-to author you know anyone can write a how-to book you put down what you what you know and how to do it uh, but but there's a big difference between that and writing a parable and John is just magnificent so we collaborated on that and that's really how the idea came about
0: that's pretty amazing I mean because like I, I love that idea now uh, going back to the whole thing about parables and storytelling um, one of the things that I've, uh, st- I started coining this a while ago and a lot of people started to like hijack it, which, you know, I kind of love for what they do with story selling, mm-hmm.
1: which I think that's probably mm-hmm. the best
0: way to describe what you do.
1: Yeah. Um, because yeah.
0: what you are is essentially a story seller. You create stories that have parables in business to go ahead and push forward ideas, i.e. sell them to people because sales is nothing more than an idea exchange for value.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, exactly right. And, you know, stories, there's an old, there's an old saying, which I think is partly true, but, but not totally true. In fact, John David Mann really is, is the person who kind of set me straight on this one. And the, the, the old saying is facts tell stories sell, but I, but it's, it sounds good and it's very alliterative, but I don't think it's totally correct. I, I think, have to agree. yeah, I think stories, what they do is they connect. stories connect and it's once you have that connection that the sale can take place uh and i I think that's the key
0: oh massively i mean i agree with you entirely that because one of my favorite um maxims for my own life i really don't share very often is the way that you write a great sales piece when i sit down to write sales copy for clients for myself is detective work you put together all the case files that you need to Mm-hmm. Like all the facts, and then you basically create a story from those facts. Now, the story is uh, to use an analogy for something else. I think uh, Marcy Shymoff actually said this but it was for her book, um, for her happiness book, which is amazing. It's essentially you want the story to be the thread and the facts to be the pearls on a uh-huh. pearl necklace. And that way you've essentially got something that you can sell with value it's, it's just a really cool way of putting it now the question i really had for you here was how do you define value because it's quite a nebulous concept for a lot of people
1: yeah and and you know you hear the word so often it's it's almost becoming a buzzword which makes me a little bit sad but that's just kind of how it is so <laughs> so it's always important to be able to define things and i think at, when we define value we we Define that in relationship to also understanding what price is all about, because so many people think it's the same thing, and the two are very, very different when done correctly. Um, Price is a dollar amount. It's a dollar figure. It's finite. It simply is what it is. It's the price of something. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something, to the end user or beholder, in other words, what is it about this thing, this product, this service, this concept, this idea, what have you, that brings with it so much worth to someone, so much value that they will willingly exchange their money for this value and feel great about it when they do? And uh, you know, we can we can we can easily take the example of. Um, you know, a restaurant. You go into a restaurant, and the you know the price of the meal is uh, you know a hundred dollars. Let's let's just say, um, and that's great. But it's the experience itself, the way you were greeted when you when you entered, the way you were escorted over to Sal the maître d' who who treated you as the VIP you are and, and and seated you at the table and the wait staff came over to greet you and take your order and they seemed to have this way of knowing when to be attentive attentive and when to kind of let you on your own to enjoy the meal the meal tasted delicious but it was presented in an extraordinary way the entire atmosphere was one in which you just felt like a million bucks uh, you know that you they you had the the delicious dessert tray at the end and they just tasted delicious and when you were leaving they escorted you out and they all thanked you and made you feel like you're the most special guest in the world you know you may have paid a hundred dollars in price but you got a thousand dollars worth of value (laughs) you know you just felt fantastic when you left so you came away from that feeling great you received more in value than what you paid yeah and of course the so everyone wins in fact in a free market based exchange which basically means no one's forced to buy from you in a free market based exchange there are always two profits the buyer profits and the seller profits because they each came away uh better off after the transaction than they were before it
0: yeah that's actually one of the key things that you want to look for whenever you do anything and just to kind of regale you of a very similar story to what you just told us right now well share with us right now um, I went to a restaurant in London, not like last a couple of days ago, actually on Monday. Now uh, this is a restaurant that I'd never been to before. I took a friend with me. It's Middle Eastern cuisine. We got there and uh, we've eaten Mid- Middle Eastern food before, but you know when you ha- when you go to an authentic place where they truly make you feel like you're you're there.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: my friend hadn't actually uh, gone through this. We sat down, as soon as you sit down, they give you bowls of lentil soup, completely on the house of bread. So it's delicious to start with. Then you get all the pickles, all the vegetables, all the uh, salad dressings. Then you have your meal, then you get extras with your meal for free. At the end of it, you're looking at it going, how are you running this place? But you realize, a lot of the time, the prices are really good. But it's the tips that they get. Because you you almost feel compelled to leave a Mm -hmm. tip the same size as your bill. Right. Because the value and service you get, they're so attentive to you, that you're like, I feel like I'm at home right now. Like
1: this is my mother cooking meals for me, not so much just you know. Yeah, I, well, exactly, and so, you know. And by the way, I, I should have said pounds, not dollars. I I uh, pardon. Um, me no, no, dollars is fine. Like my uh, the people listening to this were all over the world. Okay, and so, <laughs> and, and so, so you know, so yeah, you make a, a, a great point. So it's always the, the value is the relative worth. But here's the thing, okay, value is always in the eyes of the beholder. So it's not what we, the entrepreneur or the salesperson, thinks is valuable about what we sell. It's not what we think they should think is valuable about what we sell. It's what they think. And that's why when you get right down to it, selling is nothing more than than discovering what the other person wants, needs, desires, and helping them to get it. And to do that, our focus must be absolutely, unabridgedly laser directed at them. And this is why we, we say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the uh, thunder to values lightning, if you will, because the value must always be your focus and you know when you when the, the the value comes first the money you receive is simply a very natural and direct result of the value you've provided i
0: could not agree more that is a succinctly put usage for the term value i think I'm going to put that as a headline for this for this episode now there was okay. now there was a question i did want to ask you because i know we uh, how long have we got left on time by the way
1: uh, i don't know whatever whatever you'd like
0: Oh, well, if I, if I could, I'd keep you here all day, essentially, let's
1: <laughs> put that way, but I remember
0: Kirstie uh, and I very had a conversation, nice. she said that you, um, that we were only going to do about a half hour or so today?
1: Yeah, that's fine, whatever, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever works.
0: So if you go a little bit over, it's not too much of a big deal, but God, there was, um, there was just some stuff I really wanted to ask you more or less, sure. it's like, when sure. you're sitting down to actually, um, how, how do you, encompass inc- c- oh, sorry, account, I can't even say the damn word. That's how starstruck <laughs> relates to i to John. Can't even say the words. Um, but how do you go ahead and put together like the idea and convey an idea like influence to someone? Um, because it, it's very, it's a, again, it's a very nebulous concept. huh. I mean, the way I always put, uh, for me, it's persuasion mm-hmm. because um, as we're speaking right now and people listening to this, uh, you're going to be on the lookout for this. You'll see this very, very soon. Um, and again, Bob, at the end of this, please send me your address. because I'd love to send you a copy of this. Uh, I'm actually writing my first book, The Alchemy Wonderful. of Persuasion.
1: Wonderful. Wonderful. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. But um, So The Alchemy of Persuasion, the way I put it is influence is really hard for me to describe. Manipulation is a lot simpler to describe because it's just abusing uh, influence at, at a level that's more gains for yourself than gains for everyone. Mm-hmm. But the way I put persuasion is that if influence is one side of the coin uh, and manipulation is the other side of the coin, persuasion is the middle line that you walk between the two. So with that being said, how do you describe what influence is?
1: Okay, so so there are a couple of things there and, and let's go back to them. And first, you know, whenever we want to describe something, you know, we, we need to be able to define it. Uh, you know, obviously uh, the, the definition comes first because thoughts are things, words are things, they all have meanings, they have their dictionary meanings, and they also have the meanings that we give it in modern day and different things. Different concepts can mean different things to different people, which is why I'm, I'm just always big on defining terms. And so I define influence on a very, very basic level as simply the ability to move a person or persons to a desired action, usually within the context of a, a specific goal. Now, that is the, the, the definition. I don't think it's necessarily the essence of influence. I believe the essence of influence is pull uh, as opposed to push. You know, you never hear people say, wow, that Dave, he is so influential. He has a lot of push with people, right? He is so pushy. Wow, he is so influential. You you just don't hear that. But you'll hear someone say, wow, that that Janet, she is so influential. She has a lot of pull with people because I think that's what influence is. I think it's pull. It's an attraction. And great influencers – uh, attract people to themselves first and only after they attract people to themselves are they able to attract them to their ideas so to influence itself is to be able to move someone to a certain uh, a change in thought or action that presumably they would not have taken had you not been involved in the process now I look at at persuasion and manipulation just a, a bit differently because I look at influence as being, in, in the middle, in a sense, in that you can, in, you, know, you can influence, move someone either through manipulation, which is negative, or through persuasion, which is positive. To me, I look at, again, manipulation as coercion. I look at manipulation as uh, force or control. Um, it's, it's, it's knowing how to, to move someone to action, but doing so in a way that hurts them. Uh, or is so focused just on yourself that you're not concerned that you've hurt another human being. Now, persuasion I look at as the positive side, okay? So again, influence is a principle. To me, persuasion is the, I mean, um, manipulation is the negative aspect and persuasion is the positive aspect, Uh Again, that's just me. We all have our own you know, definitions of different things. But um, manipulation, as uh, according to Dr. Paul Sweats, who wrote the great book The Art of Talking so that people will listen, uh, manipulation aims at control, not cooperation. It results in a win-lose situation. It does not consider the good of the other party. A manipulator will do whatever it takes to get the results they want, even if it hurts another human being. A persuader would never do that for a persuader to feel good about the situation they have to know the other person feels good about the situation that the other person has been helped as well so a, what a great influencer and and we could say a great persuader does is they always they, they first of all they understand what i believe was the basic premise of Dale Carnegie's classic how to win friends and influence people and that's where he wrote ultimately People do things for their reasons, not our reasons. So the great influencer or the great persuader constantly asks themselves questions such as how does what I'm asking this other person to do align with their goals, with their wants, their needs, their desires? How does what I want this other person to do align with their values? And when asking ourselves these questions thoughtfully and intelligently, uh, genuinely, authentically, again, not as a way to manipulate another human being into doing our will, but as a way of building everyone in the process, now we have come a lot closer to earning another person's commitment to our idea, as opposed to a, you know, a bad feeling about it.: Yeah,
0: that's a really really powerful way of using that guys please go ahead and take note rewind this and please re-listen to that because it's extremely powerful thank you now though i have a question for you more or less this is something that uh it's two questions really um so the first question i love asking everyone that comes onto my show and i really Uh would love to get your opinion on this is when you were going through a time of hardship when in your business or in your personal life when you felt like you've been knocked and rocked your confidence had been rocked to its very core and foundation what got you back up? Well,
1: it's a great question because things do happen. They happen in life and they happen in business. And uh, you know, it's not doesn't mean it's comfortable, but it does mean that you've got to keep yourself working through it and going through it, and you know, until you come out on the other side. Obviously, you know, when you can, when you can uh, strategically see ways to be able to correct the situation and have it turn out right, well, you want to go that route. Sometimes it's a matter of lousy things happen, and you feel lousy, and you keep, you know, you keep going until you get through. You know, sometimes there's a, a in the personal development field, which you and I are both part of, there's there's what I call the personal development political correctness, where you're where, you know, you're supposed to just think, oh, everything's great, and, you know, uh, oh, I'm glad this bad thing is happening because I'm going to come out stronger at the end, blah, blah, blah. Well, we will come out stronger at the end, but you know what? I'm not glad it's happening at the time. It feels lousy when it's happening at the time. And I think it's okay to feel lousy about it at the time. What's not okay is to just quit or give up or, say, you know, what have you. Uh, we, need to, we need to be adult enough to understand that this is part of life and we need to work through it. Again, any help we can get in doing so, that's fine. That's, that's wonderful. But the big thing is we take responsibility for what happened. Now, And if it's not your fault, there's some things that happen that aren't your fault, right? You know, a hurricane blows your house down, whatever. But we still take responsibility for how we respond to it and for how we're going to work through it.
0: Yeah, that's very, very true. Very powerful as well. That leads me to my second question, which is for people that are listening to the show, which again, as I told you, audience-wise, where they're at mentally, like where they're at, what advice would you give them when they hit a plateau, um, how they can actually go ahead and grow from that? Like what three pieces of advice would you give them?
1: Well, you know, the first thing is understanding and and books have been written about this wonderful books. Uh, Marshall Goldsmith wrote a great book uh, called "What Got You Here Won't Get You There," and uh, Lolly Daskal has a, a great book coming out on that on that same topic. Uh, not same topic, but on a, a you know sort of a similar. In fact, Marshall wrote the forward for her. Um, and 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 the, the basic premise is this: that we get to a certain point doing certain things. And because those things helped us get to this certain point, we put we, – we, we confuse correlation with causation, okay? We think it's that, that thing that got us here. When we may have gotten to this certain point despite that, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We may have gotten to a certain point because of something else. So we've got to do an accounting when we hit a plateau. And by the way, plateaus are natural. Uh, it's part of the growth experience, But when we hit that plateau, we've got to sort of do an accounting of of our traits, of our strengths, of our weaknesses, of what we're – and say, okay, what got me where I am? What was a strength that got me where I am? Can this same strength help me get further and bust through this plateau? Or is this something that despite this, I got to where I am, but if I'm going to go any higher – i've got to mitigate this or i've got to get rid of it or i've actually got to turn it, it from a weakness into a strength what have you so i think there's lots of questions we ask ourselves when we hit a plateau and that's why it's so great to have a coach because a coach is able to you know as human beings we are very emotionally involved with ourselves (laughs) right so it's hard for it's difficult for us to uh to be logical when it comes to self-assessment sometimes and that's why having a coach someone who cares about your progress cares about your success but is not so emotionally involved that they can do it from a distance uh not necessarily a physical distance so you could do that too but more from an emotional you know distance um uh, in other words, they can be they can be objective about it rather than subjective. It's it's so important. But regardless, um, you know the the, the way to um, the way to break through is is basically by understanding why you are where you are right now and what you need to logically do to get to that next level. Yep, that's
0: self critical anal- self analysis, and of course, getting a mentor always does help. It's The reason why I have two of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I've got one for my health and fitness and one for uh, my business. Absolutely. I'll tell you, I don't know which one I prefer more because the health and fi- the, the business one kicks my ass a lot, but the uh, health and fitness one, well, he just berates you until you, do, you <laughs> do. but it's one of those things where it's like, you need it. It's yeah. like, you want a cookie you need to earn your cookie I'm like <laughs> find 10 more reps let's go but it's brilliant but Bob it's been an absolute genuine pleasure to have you on the show again uh, well have you on the show I'd love to have you on again in the future um, just real quickly where can people go pick up the uh, Giver from you besides the link that we're going to give them
1: uh, yeah, I would just go to thegogiver dot com, uh, thegogiver without the hyphen, the dot and while they're there, they can check out my uh, podcast. They can connect with me online and and uh, you know get that uh, sample chapter of the book.
0: Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's again there's just so much, guys. Like subscribe to everything this man is doing <laughs> oh, because you. you will you will not regret it. And the other thing I'd say is apply what Bob shows you and shares with you, because if you don't apply it, well, it's just wasted effort. And I don't think myself, Bob or anyone else listening to this uh, would appreciate that very much. So make sure that you go ahead and apply everything you get. Bob, it's been a genuine pleasure having you on the show.
1: Ah, pleasure and honor is mine. Thank you so much for having me. You're very
0: welcome. Take care, guys. And I'll see you on the next episode of Adel Marcy Unplugged.